You're listening to Downworlder Dish, a Shadowhunter Chronicles podcast. Hello and welcome. Oh, hello everyone and welcome to episode 164, where we will be discussing chapter 14 of City of Fallen Angels, What Dreams May Come. I'm Kristen. I'm Robin. And I'm Amanda. Whoa, 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 what? Was with the pause? <laughs> What ball. your internet <laughs> is very bad. Oh, ma'am. okay. <laughs> oh, me? Uh, no, Kristen. Oh, I don't so think it's like my internet. Cutting. I think it's your internet, Robin. Yeah, you're my really internet here. Me. Oh my gosh! Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me turn <laughs> Although off. I'm surprised it's not my mine. Wi-Fi. <laughs> I always have to turn off right. my Wi-Fi yes, to be able to get idea. Robin fully. Okay. My Wi-Fi is off now, too. Yeah. Curse you, internets. Done, just in case. Um, Someone sent us a message about... um, Hold on, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you. Because I have it right here. Um, It was, uh, the song Get Low by Little John did not age well. And by that, I mean that at my age, I'm physically unable to get low. Yes. And I was like, yes. my knees feel this. And they're like, I just binge these episodes. And then now we're just further going into that That's old amazing. status. Yes. Can't work yes, my phone. Sure. I told my daughter, I have a little chit chat for you. I told my daughter that, you know, I want you to, she's going, she had a study group and, you know, she's off doing teenage stuff by herself and, you know trusted out in public on her own. And so, you know, I was like, I want you to make sure that you're checking your phone because I, that's my biggest pet peeve is like, if I text you, Mm -hmm. you do not just don't respond. Like, that's not cool. You got to let me know what's going on. Not cool. And I was like, cause if you don't, I'm going (laughs) to, what did I say? I'm going to slap an apple tile on your ass. And she was like, she stopped and like looked at me. And she's like, is that what you meant to say? And then, like, roasted my ass. She's like, you mean an air tag, mom? Or a tile? Yeah. Yeah, They're two separate things, mom. She goes, I have an Android, and even I know that. And I was like, okay, (laughs) attitude. Oh, okay. Because I was like, you can track, don't you track her anyway? But I don't know how to do that between Android and Apple. I just click on my kid's, like, picture, and then there's a, a map pulls up of where she's at, and then I can see her literally walking, like, from class so to class. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh-huh. I love it. Oh, yeah, no. Oh, but anyway, it was really funny. I thought I would share. I am old <laughs> as well. I will be 35 when this episode airs. Oh, welcome. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> it's the club. I, I would it's like the to crochet and back pain club. Yeah. I'd like to get rid of the acne, um, if you please, but Right. <laughs> Every time I get a zit, I'm like, I am too old for this. hmm Dude. Amen. My body's been betraying me all week long. <laughs> it's not cool, man. Not yep. cool. Anyone else have anything? I really like your shirt. Yeah, me Thank too. You. Thank you. Um. 
needed that. For, for those of uh-huh. you listening at home, I just gave him a good shimmy. Um, well, with that being said, let's cut the chit chat and kick things off with Robin's recap. Previously on Downworld or Dish. Speaking of boob <laughs> shimmies, yep. Alec and Magnus are back, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. Woo. Um, but there's trouble in paradise as the reality of Magnus's hundred of ye- hundred, excuse me, ma'am, getting ahead of myself. But there's trouble in paradise as the reality of Magnus's hundreds of years of sordid affairs comes crashing down on top of Alec. They have a brief scuffle and Alec excuses himself into the Institute. Magnus agrees to talk to Camille in private, so Simon is unceremoniously dismissed. Magnus uses this moment to deliver the most soul-crushing of one-liners to his abusive ex-girlfriend before listening to the vampire's demands. She wants immunity from the clave in exchange for her spilling her guts. I don't know why he said her guts. Spilling the tea? (laughs) About who the real master of puppets is. Meanwhile, our young lovers are in Clary's room, reeling over what the fuck just happened, spewing some very toxic, very don't-try-this-at-home kids relationship garbage. They spend a good amount of time pouring over how they'd either move on or not if one of the other of them died, and then proceed to pour over Jace's violent dreams. Clary's convinced that he's being held hostage in his dreamscape by some unknown evil villain, and thus they head out to the City of Bones to seek the counsel of the Silent Brothers. On the taxi ride over, they get each other up to speed on what they were missing out um, during Jace's brooding absence, and upon reaching the entrance to the Silent City, they aren't met with open arms. That was supposed to be. <laughs> with arms wide journey. open. <laughs> oh, I was going with Journey. Going. Yeah, I know. Not oh, Creed. Journey. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, now it's stuck in my head. Nevertheless, <laughs> the Silent Brothers are willing to listen to their pleas and escort the kids to the speaking stars. No, I was very specific in that piece of information. They quickly ravel through Jace's mind, unearthing all the secrets they've worked so hard to keep over the last six weeks, and decide that Jace's now a freshy shadow hunter. So he needs to undergo the protection spell ritual, which is going to take about two business days to prepare. So he's going to bunk up at the silent city back with Simon. who he's waking up the morning after greeted by the smells of breakfast and the news of murder. <laughs> Maureen has been killed under the guise that she was Simon's girlfriend. Oh boy. You guys were mad. Sorry, Murder sorry. Foul. I, I had to. Sorry. <laughs> it's like Beetlejuice. You got to say it three times. <laughs> yep. right. And the Candyman. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. So, <coughs> uh huh. So, hold on. What the fuck, Kristen? Oh my god. What? What? I just am re pre-reading and it's fucking funny just go i can't wait (laughs) cool 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 okay so we are back in the silent city uh this time uh jace is uh, like he's their patient um so the brothers left the door to the cell open just to make it a little more homey you know (laughs) so he doesn't Mm -hmm. feel as trapped (laughs) you're you're not in jail still a cell but yeah Needless to say, despite the brothers' effort, because it it was only one thing that they did, um, (laughs) the conditions (laughs) are not conducive to Jace's uh, required beauty sleep standards. Um, So he's a tossin' and a turnin'. 
And there's a fun little Easter egg. Uh, Jace notices the JG carved into the stone above the bed for Jasmine Gray. Of course, we know that. And I think we accidentally spoiled this one because I remember having a message from somebody um, say, like talking about this Easter egg. And I think uh-huh. we assumed that we had just missed it the first time that Jace was in the Silent City Cells with V-Tang. I think I feel this like I is what I talking about it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think we accidentally spoiled it, but here Sorry. we are. Um, while Jace can't sleep, we get a rundown of his meandering midnight memories. Mm, that was delicious. I literally giggled and clapped my hands together after I wrote that. I was like, I love alliteration. Like, it's just so good. This is like, You're I'm- like some sort of like literal succubus that you just like feed off of good wordplay. Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm sure you're really good at that game Scattergories because you get double letters if you use the same Ooh. starting letter, you know. Or I don't think I've points. ever played that. God. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I want to play it, but like with you guys. Cause yeah, mm-hmm. of course. Obviously. Challenge. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> In a good way. It shall be done. Robin's like, I hate saying this out loud, but playing games with other people is hard. <laughs> Well, the only people I play, like, board games with are, like, my six-year-old who can't read or write yet. And, um, Fair enough. My preteen daughter. Like, and she'd be fine with it. But something tells me William's not going to be very good at it. Right. Maybe we could play that for an episode or something someday. Like, a bonus thing. Because I mm-hmm. think it'd be fun to do. Like, um, Family Feud. Oh, yes. Sort of thing. Yeah. Dude, love Family Feud. Anyway, yeah, Sorry. Sorry. Okay, um, okay, so, uh, the, the brothers had been poking, <laughs> exactly, exactly, hold on, Bryn just text me, hold on, <laughs> I'm gonna edge you for a minute, you gotta hold on to that, okay, okay, <laughs> okay, Okay, so back to our meandering midnight memories. Uh, The brothers had been porking his mind uh, all night to no avail. Um, At at least not that they told Jace. Like, they were just in and out, in and out. (laughs) Like, after you have a baby, the nurses that come into the hospital all night long. Uh, At an impasse. I just love that that wasn't a typo. Nope. (laughs) Yeah. Intentional, very much. I like Intentional. Working. Yeah. Yep. It's my jam. <laughs> uh, gives me a little thrill. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so at an impasse, the next thing on the list was to sleep, right? Like, let's see what dreams pop up for him. So Jace manages to fall asleep, uh, seemingly of sheer will. Like, he thinks, like, a couple of lines about how guilty he feels if he would, like, ever hurt Clary, and then he's just out. I was like, okay. Cool. Um, And he dreams of Idris, and he's back in the valley where he fought Sebastian, but instead of it being summertime like it was when that fight happened, it's autumn like the season has changed so it feels more like he's back in the same place but at the current time Uh um 
and I love that, again, we've talked about this. His name is Sebastian. If there were another Jonathan, it would have been crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. texting they never stop um (laughs) so he sees someone coming towards him um in the distance and at first he thinks it might be sebastian he's like what the fuck like this is weird but then as it gets closer he notices that like this is not like a full-grown man like this is a child okay listen in that description he's like sebastian was taller than him what (laughs) what like, I know that I'm supposed to know that. Uh-huh. But all I could think of at that moment was him, like, looking up at him, And it was just, it was a moment in my brain. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it says, like, he has to look, like, he would have had to look up at Sebastian. Yeah. What? Oh, he's that much taller? Yeah. See, that doesn't, that's not okay with me. It's weird. Huh? That's an uncomfortable height. That's, like, everywhere you go, someone's going to be like, oh, you're tall. Sort of height. Because mm-hmm. Jace is really tall. Mm-hmm. That right. That must be like. That's bad. Like I, that would really suck to be someone that like is just really tall and everyone feels like they can just comment on it. Yes. Like they're like it has nothing mm-hmm. to do with me. My bones grew that. I don't know. Right. <laughs> you just have to wear a shirt that says I know I'm tall. No, I don't play basketball. <laughs> I didn't try. <laughs> right. No one stretched me. <laughs> no one stretched me. Oh, oh my god. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Are you guys ready to get back to the seriousness of this situation? <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Never. Yes. Never. Jace just saw his dead brother in his dream. <laughs> the sight Ugh. of his little brother hit Jace like a blow, and he went down on his knees on the grass. The fall didn't hurt. Everything had the padded edges of the dream that it was. Max looked as he always had, a knobby-kneed boy just on the verge of growing up and out of that little kid stage. Now he never would. So, not cool. Jace is fragile right now, okay? Right? <laughs> he is like, whoo, this is rough. Um, and he goes on to apologize, um, and Dream Max tells him that he's, (laughs) he's not there to make him feel guilty. He's like, that's not, like, we're not here for me. We're here for you. (laughs) He has a message for him. The dreams Jace has been having are messages. Maybe this book should have been called City of Mixed Messages. (laughs) Preach. Because it really does feel like it. Dream Jace uh, explains that the Silent Brothers are pretty sure that the dreams are coming, uh, that uh, the dreams of him slicing and dicing the love of his life are demon-influenced. Um, but Max seems to have the 411 and challenges the Silent Bros. Uh, and he's like, yeah, they don't know shit. That's not, that's not what this is. <laughs> like, okay, eight-year-old. Um, The dreams aren't telling Jace to hurt Clary. That would be too obvious, (laughs) clearly. Uh, The dreams are clearly trying to show Jace that he's already hurting his kid, Drid spirit of a soulmate. (laughs) (laughs) 
never gonna get old. Never, never. <laughs> I'm never gonna give you up ever. <laughs> never gonna let you down. So Jace still isn't picking up what Dream Max is putting down, and honestly, neither am I. Um, mm-hmm. I know that this is a highly emotional moment, but I've seen Children of the Corn, and I'm really not into this. It's unnerving. Yes. Raise your hand if you purposely were saying nope out loud as you were reading or listening to the chapter. That would be all three. Nope the fuck right out of yep. there, bro. Have you learned nothing? Well, and it was throwing me off, too, because I listened to this one, and the narrator does the same. Like, it must just be his American accent, mm-hmm. I guess, for young dudes. He's basically doing the same voice as Simon. Uh-huh. So it's, it was throwing me off a little bit, too. No, I think I didn't thanks. I didn't feel it as sentimental because of that. Ooh. Well, and I was wondering, like, because he makes Jace's voice kind of have an accent, but I suppose Max was actually, like, raised in Brooklyn. So Yeah, I mean. probably. That's fair. I didn't think of that, yeah. Uh-huh. Although, how many, like, Mondays was he really around for it to have gathered an accent? Right. I don't know. Because you would think he'd have the same accent as his family. Listen, I went to Texas for work mm. last weekend. Oh, yeah. We didn't talk And that. I was so excited to hear a bunch of people with really cool accents. And guess what? I heard, like, two. What is up with that? Yeah. What? What is the deal? My sister-in-law lives there, and... The only thing I really noticed, other than every now and then she sneaks in a y'all, was she called everyone ma'am and sir. Mm-hmm, everyone. Mm-hmm. Even in the drive through Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And I'm just like, bro, it's a mm-hmm. lot of ma'ams. I got ma'amed a couple times. That's yeah, just... they're jammed down there. That's just, like, how... That's just how it is. But, uh-huh. yeah, most people don't have... It's people that live in the cities and stuff don't really have mm-hmm. all that much of an accent and if they do it's a pretty generic accent it's not like super heavy or anything uh-huh sorry yeah, i think so, i was not um, south carolina or is it north carolina <clears throat> yeah. mm-hmm. south i think mm-hmm. i wasn't in the right side of texas yeah. where were you you were about where my sister-in-law lives <laughs> dallas oh yeah uh-huh burr 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 I liked living in Texas at the time. Uh, no thanks. I did. I, I would Still never hot. choose it over the Pacific Northwest. Like, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Just, it's way too hot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's but, too hot. It's Everybody's complaining about the weather here, and I'm like, this is perfect. Shut your mouth. Yes. <laughs> Shut your mouth. It's snowed this morning, but it's fine now. We were just, because we got we got a really bad thunderstorm yesterday, and Bryn was like, oh my god. She was like all excited, and I'm like, yeah, when I lived in Texas, like all spring, like spring and summer, this is every night. There's a huge thunderstorm yeah. every night, and every morning a when you wake hail. up, it's dry. <laughs> mm-hmm. God, can you imagine how, well, you can, how muggy that is? Blech. Alabama was far more humid than Texas. Oh, God, I bet. It, no, thanks. Like, you need a shower when you go to get the mail. Gross. Um, where were we? <laughs> what are we? Oh, yes. <laughs> um, so Max pulls out the big guns and reveals that the angels sent him there. Like, wowie zowie. Raziel really made a show of acting like he didn't want to be bothered by humans for at least another millennia. 
But here, he and his cronies were sending the spirit of a dead little boy to tell his brother to stop hurting his sister friend. (laughs) If you build it, they will come. (laughs) Dream Max isn't done, though. Uh, He says, the angel sent me to talk to you because I know you. Max said in his clear child's voice, I know, I know how you are with the people you love and you'd never hurt them willingly, but you haven't destroyed all of Valentine's influence inside you yet. His voice still whispers to you and you don't think you hear it, but you do. The dreams are telling you that until you kill that part of yourself, you can't be with Clary. No, it wasn't a red flag to him. (laughs) Fucking idiot. That's a... Jace, Jace, of course, chooses violence, um, demanding to know what he has to destroy. Like, what, 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 what does he have to do to destroy this, like, this piece of himself? He's all about it. And listen, all I'm saying is that there's inherent something inherently disturbing about a smiling child holding a dagger. Um, this whole bit is a huge red flag. Jace is too brave for his own damn good. Right, the angel sent a nine-year-old to give you a dagger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Your totally your dead cool. father's dagger, yeah. by the way. <laughs> by the by. Yep. Oh, all smiles. Max hands Jace his father's knife and says, "Quote: Take this and turn it against yourself. The part of you that is here in the dream will, uh, with me, must die." What will rise up afterward will be cleansed. And you see, he ended it with a major red flag word. <laughs> yes. And none of this is good. <laughs> Dude, that's what I was just going to say. Anybody in any way using the term cleanse or pure. <laughs> it Vomit. is yep. even like you're like you're going on a cleanse for your body. No, yeah. you're not. You're going right. to diarrhea city. It's okay? still a hard That's what you're doing. It's all bad news. It's all bad news, Bears. <coughs> Run away immediately. <sighs> immediately, no. Yeah, that <laughs> that word is on a watch list. Like, <laughs> we don't. <sighs> oh, my God. Okay, where am I? Oh, here we go. <laughs> so, <clears throat> digging the figurative knife uh, a little deeper as Jace hesitates with the physical one in his hand, Max tells him that his real father is on the other side and told Max to give Jace the knife with the instruction to use it to, quote, cut away everything rotten in your soul. And now I know I don't have a lot of experience in this department, so I'll defer to Robin. Is this a normal thing for a dad to say to their child? My perspective is warped and this seems pretty standard to me, but like, I don't know. Um, you got a checklist. Okay. If he had, if he would have said you made a better door than a window or I didn't fall off the turn up truck yesterday, you would have been in the clear. (laughs) The tables for glasses, not for asses. That's one of my Mm -hmm. faves. (laughs) 
And so funny that your parents use these cute little, like, quippies to, like, keep you in line. Like, my parents just use swear words. Oh, yeah. Well, you got to figure out, you got to pick, pick your parent. (laughs) Fair. Yeah, fair. (laughs) And I know which one, which parent I am, by the way. <laughs> I healthy mix of both, right? Yeah, I think I hope so. I just mean out of my husband and I. Mm-hmm. Oh, right, 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 right. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh my gosh. Okay. Where am I? I've said that 14 times today. Oh, okay. So instead of stabbing himself in the heart, like he's like that's just too much, like I've heard that's been there done that. Yeah, that's a little scary. <laughs> Um, he cuts himself like he did Clary from like elbow to wrist on both arms. And Max, quote, smiled like an angel while he, uh, while Jace did it. And then um, because watching wasn't enough, he went ahead uh, with interactive a- approach because, you know, he's a child and finger painted a design on Jace's chest with his own blood, <laughs> which all seems super normal, right? That's like totally mm-hmm. Very par for the course. Um, when he finished and stepped back, Jace is struck with a burning pain in his chest. And Max's hmm. demeanor changes. Hmm, I don't... Wow. Crazy. Who would have seen this coming, you guys? You don't say. <sighs> his voice changes to something familiar to Jace, but, like, it's not divulged on the page yet, so we don't know who it is. Um, I think it's the... Um, alien that's in the man suit in men in black mm. yes that's ooh, my kiss ooh, sugar okay. boobs sugar <laughs> water <laughs> more sugar <laughs> oh good stuff okay so max says uh, as you've as you've dealt pain so shall you be dealt pain and max whose face had begun to shimmer and change Uh, Or said Max, sorry. Um, As you have caused grief, so shall you feel grief. You are mine now, Jace Lightwood. You are mine. (laughs) And then there's more pain and the darkness takes him. As per usual. Hopping on over to Simon, who is in case we've all forgotten. um, With you know, all this Jace drama. Um, just, he just found out that the 14 year old girl that he'd feasted on, um, ended up dead. Mm -hmm. Not great. Feasted. Feasted. Um, Simon blames himself, of course, uh, despite Jordan's reassurances. He'd gotten the note warning that like someone had his girlfriend. Um, and even though he like, he made sure the usual suspects were, safe like it didn't even occur to him that his number one fan might be right it's no good it's no good and then simon says something that really is the most intense line of this chapter i feel like and it like who this is the, the the it's moments like this that make you go simon's a good dude mm. i know <laughs> She must have waited there all day, wondering if I'd come, hoping that I'd show up. Dude. I mean, that is very sad. It's very sad. But also, like, 
Simon is the kind of person that, of course, would have gone, which makes it so much more tragic, right? Mm -hmm. Like, of course he would have tried to save her. That's just who he is. He's one of those people. But, ugh. Anyway, so it was a real moment of humanity for Simon, and I really appreciated that. Um, but then Jordan's response is so detached, it's jarring. His, he was really mm-hmm. just, he, he just went, yeah, and then changed the fucking subject. <laughs> like, that's super <laughs> fucked up, bro. Yeah. Like, she must have. Maybe he's, like, trying to, like, don't, don't focus on that or whatever, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It could have been like Amanda. That's a real fucking bummer, right? You're right. At least what a bummer! It, yeah, fucking yeah. blows, dude. Just, yeah. Ah, like, oh, shoot. And I all I'm thinking about yeah. it is in that Pedro Pascal like surfer voice that he did on SNL. Oh my god! Or Valley Girl kind of. He's like, yeah. Like that's what. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so Jordan shifts the focus to find out who they are and why the hell they're trying to murder Simon, uh, suggesting that they reach out to the Institute since they've got all kinds of, you know, research and skills and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Simon doesn't want to at first, but Jordan tells him that, like, he does shit for them all the time and now's the time to, like, mm-hmm. let them do shit for you, too. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is, is nice. And it, it does make Simon change his tune. Um, and so he calls Jace, but Isabel answers. And he's in some kind of a way because he's just like, I guess you'll do. Like, Yeah. <sighs> oh, my God. Okay. Sorry. Butt munch. Mm-hmm. Robin, do you want to stop now? I mean, I think she's fine. Okay. I'll go. Okay, sorry. I'll write that down. Okay. Okay, so we're starting my part with my favorite quote of this book so far. Oh. Is he still on the phone with Simon? And since he was like, I guess, yeah, I can talk to you. She shoots him a smooth, charming as always. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I love her so much. Mm-hmm. I love her. <laughs> uh, so, okay. So, um, Clary had told Izzy that Jace was with Simon. Okay. That's a lot of he said, she said. But anyway, they all uh-huh. thought that Jace was with Simon. And obviously he's not. So, they chalk it up to Clace just wanting, like, some alone time. Izzy reminds Simon that the um, the Ironworks event is that night by telling him to remind Jace if she he sees him. And I just think it's weird for them to refer it to it as, like, the building name and not awkwardly call it that party thing for Clary's mom. Because that's what I would do. They're really trying to be hipsters at this, what yeah. it seems. Like, exactly. overly, like, uh-huh. That obscure industrial party uh-huh. like, oh, place. we're meeting at the Bowery. Yeah. It very much feels uh-huh. like that. And they're calling it a space. Yeah. It's a space. Which, I mean, I guess if it was something like Applebee's. Oh, Shut the fuck up. Maybe. I don't know. Two two for twenty? Yeah. Twenty-five now, bro. Oh, I don't uh, eat the Applebee's. So absolutely I not. Mm-mm. I just had it not too long ago. Cause I get the two for twenty-five. 
Okay, okay. Because I like me some uh, artichoke and spinach dip. Okay. So Simon goes into the reason that he had called Jace in the first place and has settled for Izzy for advice. He tells her all about Maureen and the letter that he'd received on his doorstep about his girlfriend, you know, all of that. And of course, she reacts to the Maureen bite and is completely appalled and gives him a lecture about, you know, like murder and stuff like it's bad. And um, she decides to shelf it for now, though, because they obviously need to figure out what's going on. But they are definitely going to talk about it later. This is not going away just because there's something more pressing to talk about. <laughs> so she asks him to read the note to her and they finally put together that like they're all talking about the same fucking place. This Church of Talto. Like finally everyone's on the same page. <laughs> it's been a few chapters. And Simon asks what the like he's like, what the fuck would a demon worshiping cult want with me? And he's <laughs> like, well, like you're a daylighter and you have like some crazy powers. So it could be anyone like you're a target for a uh -huh. lot of different reasons. So Izzy decides she's going to tell her mom about Simon's situation and they'll talk about it more at the party. Cause I feel like she did say at ironworks again. I'm just like, what? <laughs> she tells him to bring Jordan as a bodyguard and he's concerned about it obviously because of Maya, but she says that she'll talk to Maya about him coming and it'll be fine. Just bring him. Mm. I, I mean, I appreciate girl-to-girl -girl chat, whatever. I don't think it's important for him to have a bodyguard because I I don't know. Like, it just the mark of Cain. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's not worth I, it's my... not worth Maya's discomfort. Yes. The 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 risk reward really isn't there because mm -hmm. no matter what, if someone attacks Simon, they're gonna get whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Salted. Salted. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Get salted. Uh, salted. Um, my, uh, salted? Yeah. My oh. favorite part about this is, um, is he's really mad at Simon, but he's like, she's like, ooh, secrets. Yes. Gossip. Please tell me everything. You spill, yeah. Spill. Uh, what'd she say? Like, I'm good at problems or something like that? Like, solving problems? I love her. Uh, so, um, they get off the phone and Jordan, he, Simon's like, how much of that did you hear? Which I assume he overheard most of the conversation because I feel like he was standing right there. Wasn't it his idea to call the Institute, basically? Like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. why would he have gone in the other room? I don't know. Anyway, um, he's like, yeah, I heard that. And um, so obviously we're going to a party together. So Jordan reminds Simon that he has to dress up. And if he wants to be Jordan's date, he needs to look pretty. <laughs> Okay, so then we skip over to Clary at the party, and she's about, there's like a page, maybe even more, of a description of this building. It's basically an old factory that's like a super trendy, industrial, bougie event space now. Okay? Mm. There, I summarized it for you. Also, it has a really <laughs> wicked view. <laughs> um, so the Garraway Pack, as Jordan called it which seems weird to me. I'm surprised it wouldn't be called by like the area that they're in or even like the building that they're based out of. But to call it the pack based on the leader is strange. I don't know. Cause like, what if you don't know that leader? You're like, who, where are they based out of? He's got big alpha energy. Mm -hmm. Okay. They could call him like, what do they call them? Squad 69 or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> What do police call them? Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Precinct, right? Precinct. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Out of the 2-1. <two>, <laughs> um, 
Okay, so anyway, the pack went all out with decor, and Clary is just, like, awkwardly walking around straightening things that don't need straightening because she doesn't know anyone there yet, and she wants to look busy, which, preach. Okay, let me correct me if I'm wrong. I think I have actually literally wrote that. Isn't this what they're doing? I don't know if I'm making this up, basically. Like, is this what the pack is doing in lieu of being at the wedding? Mm-hmm. Or is that just my brain? Not... It's like a reception party, but it, they're not married yet. I just so do... I guess like an engagement party? Yeah. I just... Okay. I don't know. It just feels very weak. Yeah. It's just an excuse for them to all get together and say ironworks a bunch of times. Yeah. <laughs> Legit. Legit. Uh, okay so clary isn't busy enough to not think about her worries like her mind is floating so she's getting anxiety i understand Mm -hmm. so we start with her knowing her mom well enough to see that although she looks happy she's probably just smiling through the pain then Mm. she moves on to the main focus of the evening at least in clary's head jace of course She's wondering what's going on with him, and also she's, like, pretty bummed that he won't get to see her look totally banging in her gold dress. (laughs) Yeah. So then she starts focusing on before she left the house when she was getting ready, and she was, like, admiring herself in the mirror while getting ready. She noticed uh, that she's starting to get a shape to her body, and her boobies are starting to get a little bit bigger. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Not so flat, she said. Um, she decided to wear the Morganstern ring on a necklace, and I think that's weird because it might, like, it seems like it would look really awkward for an event like this on her tiny frame because my guess is that it's still sized for Jace, right? I know that's the magic. It's like it sizes to the person, but would it be sized to her now? I think because she is a Morganstern. I think if she would have put it on her finger mm-hmm. at okay. any point, it would have gotten smaller, but I don't know if she's done that or not yet. Yeah. So she wasn't like, my I precious, my precious. also want to count how many times we have to hear that Clary is a jeans and t-shirt girl. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like everybody else. With it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Something like um, mm-hmm. she would wear a barrel for him all the time if he wanted her yeah. to or something. Like what? Uh, that, that meant they could like be together, be together or whatever. That's right. Yeah. I just, um, so you keep weird. saying... That you're not a jeans and t-shirt girl, but every time we've seen you in this book, you've been in a dress. Uh-huh. <laughs> not every time, but a lot of a times. A lot of time, yeah. That's like someone saying, like, I only eat salads when people are around. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. What do you eat in the dark? <sighs> I love it. Okay. So she thinks about wearing... She she thinks about wearing the ring necklace thing because it makes her feel like she's showing loyalty to Jace. And I just don't like that word. And I don't know why. Mm-hmm. It just feels a little icky. I don't mm-hmm. know. But realistically, plot is the only real thing that makes sense because it doesn't fit the outfit and it's annoying. So I feel like that's something like somebody in the early aughts would have got tattooed on themselves, though. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, Loyalty. I just snorted. I love it. <laughs> so true. Indeed. Okay, so suddenly she hears someone in a small voice call her Clarissa Morgenstern. 
And she starts to worry that she was thinking out loud. Like, what the fuck? Was Ooh. I just saying all that out loud? <laughs> just kidding, though. That's what I would have thought. Because <laughs> that has happened to me before. Anyway, it's it's interesting timing, but that's not what happened. So it's Kaylee, the fairy girl that works at Talkies, the one that Jace had dated. Clary is confused that she's there and asks if she knows Luke. And this girl is like, no. No, bitch. Don't get it twisted. I'm not here for the party, even though she's totally dressed up for a party. So, like, why are you laughing at me? Rude. I know. Rude. <laughs> um, so Kaylee makes a weird <laughs> remark about Clary being, like, kind of curt for her size. Like, basically, she's feisty. I don't uh-huh. know. I guess that's something the queen had mentioned. And apparently in fairy, which I don't remember ever hearing this because in my head, fairies are small. They're all very tall. So Clary would be considered small in stature and like looked down upon in the court. I'm like, that's because she's short. Because she's I'm not like a high elf. She, you know, because like she's probably Gentry got fair. pixie in her or something. Mm-hmm. So that means they're all very tall. That's they're very, weird. what's that word? Like regal. Tall and slender. slender yeah. and okay, okay. Slender man. Lithe. Lithe, thank you. That's the word I was looking for, but I can only think of leaf in my head, and I was like, that's wrong. I got you. (laughs) Although, um, potential spoiler, I don't think so. If you've seen the Shadowhunter TV show, the Seelie Queen is like a child, so that's Mm. also confusing. Right. And maybe very petite. Your brain is. Maybe. Maybe that makes sense. I don't know. I just think of fairies like um, Tinkerbell, so I guess that's Mm -hmm. probably also where my mind goes. Cornish pixies. Sorry. Okay. Um, so anyway, Clary's response to that is like, well, we're not in the court, nor are we at talkies. So mm. you came to me, bitch. Tell me what you want. What does this stupid Sealy Queen want? Like, I'm not in the mood for fairy games. Okay. Like, get on with it. And I'm very proud of her for saying that because this would be so fucking irritating. Always. Mm-hmm. And Ka- Kaylee starts to tell her... Um, what the queen actually wants and then i think she notices the morganstern ring and asks clary about the necklace she asks if it's to acknowledge her father Mm -hmm. of course clary doesn't want anyone to think that so she quickly tells her it's for jace because he had given it to her and then she silently kicks herself for giving up too too much information to a fairy because you never know you never know Uh it's too much (laughs) probably should have thought that one through yeah and just like a fairy, Kaylee is like, but he's not a Morganstern. He fits Herondale much better, don't you think? He's like free as a bird. <laughs> and at this point, Clary's so these birds you open. cannot change. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's so freaking over it. And she tells Kaylee, like, just get to the point now. Okay, what does the queen want? I don't blame her. I, I would have told her to just go away. I wouldn't have even entertained the idea of listening to what the queen wanted. Go away. That's all I would have said. Not Bye. Listening. I would have plugged my ears like a child. Went, la, 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 la. <laughs> I um, am rewatching King of the Hill and there's this um, Bill joins this men's chorus that's like basically taking all of his money and resources and stuff and he's going to get like a wall from the army and they put their fingers in their ears and like tune them out. <laughs> God. Anyway, that's what that made me think of. Oh, good stuff. Very niche. 
So Kaylee laughs and hands Clary a tiny silver bell pendant with a loop at the end so it can be worn like a charm. Um, don't miss out on the Immortal Trickster Collection now available from Pandora. <laughs> Clary is rightfully suspicious and says that she's not into accepting gifts from the Seely Queen because, quote, they come freighted with lies and expectations. I will now, what? I will not owe the Queen anything. Mm. Kaylee is a lot less cute than normal here. Just like a little PSA for you. She's not kind of that, like, waitress. It's, you know, the kind of, like, happy-hearted waitress. She's very, like, she's on court business. This is, mm-hmm. this makes me feel like. I'm not sure I understand. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I said, she must have thought I said Siri instead of Kaylee. I don't know. This makes me feel like, like an undercover, like, spy. Like a, like a sleeper agent. Uh-huh. Like, she's she's your friendly neighborhood waitress until she's doing some her bidding for the queen. Like, it feels yeah. very yeah. much like that. She's very Black Widow. Yeah. yeah. And so Kaylee explains to Clary that the bell isn't a gift. It's a means of summoning the queen. She's totally going to let bygones be got bygones about Clary being an insolent teenager. Plus, the queen's pretty sure that Clary's going to want to call on her soon. So she's giving this to her. So that she can just win, and if she chooses to use it, she can have it. Mm. And Clary says that she won't ring the bell. <laughs> ring the bell. Anyway, thank you. I was hoping you'd join along because yes. my voice was going to crack. Ring the bells. Yeah, sorry. I had to finish it. <laughs> <laughs> Three times we've said. It's fine. I get it. <laughs> Kaylee's like, okay, cool beans, bro. Uh, then it shouldn't cost you anything just to take it. And Clary says that she feels like she's having an out-of-body experience as she reaches out and, like, takes the bell. And Kaylee continues being ethereal and weird, telling Clary that, uh, like, I bet you'd do whatever you had to in order to save Jace, whatever the cost from either hell or heaven. Mm. (sighs) That's an interesting thing Mm -hmm. for you to say in normal conversation, ma'am. Wild. on point. And then um, her saying that pushes Flary, sorry, Clary into a flashback. And, like, I think this is a quote from a conversation that she had with Madame Dorothea, but that's correct me if I'm wrong. From it, too. Yeah, that's what I think it is. And it's about how, um, like, basically, like, you'd be stupid to think Jocelyn divulged all of her secrets mm-hmm. to you about her past. And also saying, like, that Jace would fall in love with the wrong person. Like Madame Dorothea said that. Mm. That's what you said. Sorry. <laughs> Clary puts her hands around the bell um, just as someone calls out to her. So she looks to see who it is. And by the time she turns back to Kaylee, the fairy girl has disappeared faster than my last paycheck. Okay. It was go- I was gone. <laughs> I was out of town. My husband went to the grocery store every day instead of buying a grocery list. Don't ever do that. And the quick grocery store, not the not the good grocery store. Yeah, the Safeway. That's right yeah. there. Don't oh, do that. No. Jocelyn gets to Clary. Um, by the by, that's who called out to her, obviously, and says that she had been looking for her everywhere. And then Luke had finally pointed out like where she was. And then Clary was just standing there talking all by herself, looking like a crazy person. Which makes Clary think that obviously Kaylee was using some like hardcore glamour so that nobody, nobody, nobody could see her. And she tells her mom that she's fine. Like, I'm cool. 
Jocelyn points out that Simon is MIA, and this triggers Clary to take a step into that, my mom doesn't like my boyfriend, teenage <laughs> vortex. And in a surprising turn of events, she actually just comes out and asks Jocelyn if she thinks that she will ever like Jace. Like, she really, like, she is... This is not the Got time some place. gumption today. Mm-hmm. Like, good for her. Some cojones. And somehow, somehow, okay, we've had a lot of people not being able to read pretty clear red flag signals, but Jocelyn's able to read this very deluded signal that the reason Clary asked her that was because she brought up Simon and not Jace. Mm-hmm. I don't know how she knew that that's what she was thinking, but she did. And so Jocelyn tells her, like, that she did notice Jace wasn't there. And I just don't, like, this is not helping your case to point out that your boyfriend is ditching you, Clary. But please do continue right. on this track. I don't, you're, like, this is not, I appreciate that you've grown a pair, right? Mm-hmm. I I very much go you, but now's not the fucking time. <laughs> Right. Yep. Wait until he's being a good boyfriend before you. He just tried to kill you. Well, and also, right. like, can we? <laughs> yes, that. That is big. That is big. Um, But can we also just, like, breed out the narcissist, mini narcissist thing? Like, this is your mom's wedding reception. Quit yep. making this about you and your boyfriend. Oh, yes. Yep. Yes, of course. Yes. It's not about you. Yes. On top yes. of it. <laughs> A hundred percent. Yes. Many things. I'm sorry. I very this. much got taken away from the fact that they're at her engagement party right now. Yes. Uh huh. And she's like, "Can we just talk about me and Jace? That's what I want to talk about here right now today. <laughs> Let's talk about a really deep discussion that we've been needing to talk about for a few months now. But like the worst possible I am being, time. <laughs> I'm being standoffish and weird and and I know you're in pain. on purpose. Hmm. And this is supposed um, to be so. I want day. you to have to come find me. Yeah. Right. Something's wrong with me. Please pay attention to me. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, I know she's young for that, but anyway. I think teenagers get a little grace with that being self-centered. Yeah, yeah. of course. It's what you do with it afterwards. But still, it was just, this is the wrong time, wrong place. So many red flags in this chapter. <laughs> Sorry. So they discuss what Jace could do to win Jocelyn's approval. And Jocelyn's answer is very simple. Just, I want him to make you happy, Clary. And because obviously Clary is not happy. Like, her mom can tell that she's not happy. Mm-hmm. And in her mind, Clary's like, well, I can't, like, list out, like, the air of dirty laundry about what's going on. Because it's going to reveal all these secrets that they've been trying to keep from everybody. So this sounds out, like, it comes out sounding a little, but daddy, I love him. <laughs> like, from the Little Mermaid. Yeah. Just a little bit. <sighs> And Jocelyn says that she, like, I know that you love him. And basically, like, Clary's heart is really wrapped up in this relationship. And all she's ever wanted to do was keep Clary, like, safe and protect her from harm. Like, even, like, I'm assuming breaking her heart. And Clary can't help but pointing out, like, well, that didn't pan out too well for you, did it? Like, again, engagement party. Engagement party. But she puts the brakes on before she can go off on, like, a whole Mm -hmm. bleh about it and the next piece of conversation is really cool because it gives some background on the missing trilogy that we desperately need that is the gen x shadow hunters mm-hmm. and to be honest i don't think this stuck out at me when i read 
the book before, like the couple times I've read it before. Um, and maybe it was because I had like Clay's tunnel vision and I wasn't super interested in it, but I am now. So I'm going to quote some goats and it's long. So I'm very sorry, like but it's it. important. Okay. This is starts with Jocelyn. I don't know him. Not really. I see him and he reminds me a little of his mother somehow. I don't know why he doesn't look like her except that she was also beautiful and she had that terrible vulnerability that he has. Vulnerability? Clary was astonished. She'd never thought anyone but herself thought of Jace as vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, said Jocelyn. I don't know why I made her sound like that. She didn't. She didn't. Oh, yes. No. <laughs> it's very maniacal. It's not what it was. I wanted to hate her for taking Stephen away from Amethyst, but you couldn't help wanting to protect Celine. Jace has a little of that. She sounded lost in thought. Or maybe it's just that beautiful things are so easily broken by the world. She lowered her hand. It doesn't matter. I have my memories to contend with, but they're my memories. (coughs) Jay shouldn't bear the weight of them. I will tell you one thing, though. If he didn't love you like he does, and it's written all over his face whenever he looks at you, I wouldn't tolerate him even for a moment. So keep that in mind when you're being angry with me. Mm. This also sounds like a shower thought response. Uh Mm Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Like somebody's writing their dialogue for them. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's perfect. It's such a weird, uh, such like, a weird feeling to that's... have when you're reading a book. Uh, I know. <laughs> so Jocelyn plats Clary on the cheek, which seems very like patronizing to me, but whatever. Yeah. She is kind of acting like a child. And then she like sends her out in the crowd to mingle. And the bell in her hand starts burning when she puts her hand around it. And I'm assuming this is just a little tidbit of information that we're going to store away in our pack- pockets for later use. It's like the mystery mouse katool. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, outside of the ironworks, we're hanging out with Kyle and Simon, who are just arriving at the party. And in kind of at the beginning of the chapter, they'd spent the afternoon vintage slash thrifting for some like nice clothes that Simon could wear to the party. And Simon says um, the store that they settled on looks like it's where he thinks Magnus gets all of his clothes from, which is <laughs> cute. And they walk toward the building and they're greeted by Jesse. Damn it. They're greeted by Izzy looking sexy. Sorry. <laughs> sexy. And is that all went together. <laughs> and she's wearing what can only be described as like a Jessica Rabbit style dress. It's like red yes. plunging neckline. It's slit all the way up to her hip. Like, completely. All I can think of is that she's a child. I know. Dude, Izzy, Sexy, and Jessica went to Jesse. They all (laughs) compounded into one word for me. That's what happens when I'm reading ahead, but talking. It's Uh very confusing in my brain right now. Anyway, she's, like, leaning against the pole, and Jordan tries to introduce himself to her, but Izzy has sworn allegiance to the girl code, and she is not about to make nice with Maya's dubious ex. She's no. So she cuts off his attempts to play the nice guy and lets him know that, like, she's told Maya that he works with the Praetor and, like, what that kind of means to be a member of it. So Maya's okay with the fact that he's there, but she's just going to ignore him. And if he chooses not to listen, then he's going to have Isabel to contend with. And Simon laughs, which is the wrong move, ATM. And so he gets ripped into the lecture, too, with Izzy telling him that Maya equally wants nothing to do with Simon's two-timing ways. Mm And then as soon as the boys basically agree to the terms and conditions, they head inside the party. <laughs> you may now enter. <laughs> enter if you dare. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to say this incorrectly. 
And I'm very sorry now, but make sure that you read chapter 15, Betty Bellicasi, for next week's episode. That's good. For behind the scenes content and the latest updates, check us out on Instagram at Down World or Dish Podcast. We'll see you next time. Um, bye. Bye. bye.